This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So they're ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. Currently, you can get free delivery on all orders over £40 and 10% of all online orders by using our code of TakesThatChance10. Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! And Moy stayed onside. Here's Mounier. 2 0 Huddersfield Town on the opening day of the Premier League. 1 2 wicket Tunga. Here's Moy right footed. 1 0 Huddersfield Town. Lindelof misses his header. De Quattro's in. Round De Gea. 2 0 Huddersfield Town. 2 0 Huddersfield Town. Here's Zanka to turn it into the pass. Yes! yes! Cummins scored! Cummins has scored! One of the most important goals of Huddersfield Town's history! De Plattras forward, De Plattras got the better yes! And Laurent De Plattras scores! Laurent De Plattras scores! Welcome to Andy Takes That Chance, the warm-up, episode 25, no less. You'd have thought we'd all be fully warm and limber by now, but no, you can never stretch too much. And it also seems from my intro that you can always keep stretching and stretching, whether that's muscles or the same old tired material. (laughs) Joining me on this episode, I have one half of the famous examiner duo. It's the chick from the chicken trick, otherwise known as Utabia Stephen Chicken. Utadu, Mr. C. Hi, Matt. How's it going? I'm all right. You? Yeah, good. I like to think of you as Andy from Andy Takes That Chance. (laughs) Andy Takes That Chance, yeah. It's the Yorkshire accent, isn't it? Uh, Okay, so (laughs) we'll move on to, so Huddersfield Town versus Sheffield Wednesday is what we're here to preview. So Town coming off the back of an excellent victory at QPR, now head to Hillsborough to face Sheffield Wednesday. Hillsborough, a ground that has seen 27 matches between the two clubs, resulting in nine wins for Huddersfield, 11 for Sheffield Wednesday and seven draws. Uh, one curious quirk, Stephen, was that for three years running, the score was 4-1 at Hillsborough. 
1954 and then the next time they played each other in 1958. Uh, if we're looking for memories at Hillsborough, then we don't have to go back too far. Indeed, the penalty shootout winning the playoffs is, is perhaps the finest evening I've spent watching Huddersfield Town ever. Uh, the 4-4 with uh, Jordan Rhodes scoring all, scoring all four goals was was quite something. And the 2-0 win back in 2010 when Anthony Pilkington was in that rich vein of form was uh, as a fond place in, in my memory bank as well. So um, some good memories uh, away at Sheffield Wednesday for you as well, I would guess, Stephen. Yeah, Hillsborough is always uh, an interesting ground to go to. It's It's weird as a neutral media because you're up all the way at the back of the stands, which is... Um, and it's a, it's a big stadium, as you know, so you can you can't see anything. And the the worst thing I think with Sheffield Wednesday and, and Town are not so bad with this is is just the 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 numbers on the back of the shirts tend to be basically invisible. You always get that with with your stripe with particularly blue and white stripes. Um, it's always impossible to read the numbers. So that was uh, less good about going to Sheffield Wednesday. But they always did a good pie in the press room. Sadly, no food at uh, at games these days. Terrible. It's all gone a bit moose by Talksport there, hasn't it? Towards the end, but let's have a look at the. F- I know, I know. I'm sorry. I mean, this is this is obviously the great tragedy of the coronavirus is that, like, the press don't get food at, at games anymore. The great tragedy is moose has gone hungry at Talksport. That's what we're taking away from this. Uh, yeah, right? Okay. Basically. So the form guy, Sheffield Wednesday, had lost six games in a row until today. Uh, these are my notes from last night, and they've just lost to Norwich two one. Uh, so now seven games in a row. Uh, Town, on the other hand, are slowly rousing from the New Year Blues and are now unbeaten in three and over the last six have uh, a quite healthy 1-2 drawn, 2 lost 2 Nice mid-table form, that, Stephen. Um, last time out, it was Huddersfield Town 2, Sheffield Wednesday 0. Uh, it was the game which uh, caused great sadness for me and uh, this particular instrument here, the conch, uh, and uh, because it was Josh Caroma who, who sadly got injured, didn't he? Um what were your memories from that game? There's yeah. a great free kick from Isaac and Benzerin and amongst that as well. Yeah, literally none because I didn't cover that game. <laughs> no, I did watch it. I watched it at home and I remember when Mbenza stood over that and I, I, I remember thinking, I fancy him to score here and, and lo and behold, he does. But I mean, it was such a routine win. It was You had those back-to-back games, um, the, the QPR game and uh, and the Sheffield Wednesday game where town just got routine 2-0 victories um and you know they 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 made it look very easy i think Sheffield Wednesday didn't offer very much and similar to that QPR game they made it um they they defended really poorly against town so and from what i gather that that's pretty much been them this season you know they've been really poor all season obviously you know on our site we I speak every day well not every day but close enough to, to Dom House and our our Sheffield Wednesday correspondent and you know he's uh, <laughs> he's been increasingly in the doldrums as the season's gone on uh, not least because he is actually a town fan <laughs> so yeah Okay, so we'll delve into some of the strengths and weaknesses of, of Sheffield Wednesday. So Darren Moore's just come in from Doncaster, Stephen. Uh, a surprise appointment, maybe, some would say. Um, he was doing quite well at Doncaster. Top six, done a decent job. Uh, did a steady job at West Brom as well. Um, what do you make to that and uh, and where Sheffield Wednesday may go under him? Yeah, I mean, I think at, at West Brom, there's a bit of a similar thing to what Town had with Lee Clark, where 
a lot of outsiders were going, it's disgraceful they've sacked him. And the fans were going, well, no, we should have gone up automatic, though. Uh, he's underperformed. But you're right, he's done a good job at Donny. And it is, you know, whoever, anyone I've spoken to sort of who doesn't cover Sheffield Wednesday, all have said is it's hard to figure out why he's taken that job, to be honest, because Donny and, and Wednesday could almost cross over from Championship to, to League One and, and vice versa. Uh, I know that when you're in the playoffs, it's by no means a sure thing. So perhaps he felt if he wanted to get a championship job, this was the one to jump at. Perhaps he just fancied his chances of getting them safe. But obviously they've got off to, you know, they've got off to a losing start under him. Uh, he's he's not picked up a single point yet. He's not been able to turn them around so far. Um, so it's it, it looks like a, an increasingly odd decision. Um, but then... I suppose he, he might fancy his chances of taking them up at the first time of asking. If they've given him assurances that they'll keep him in place should they go down and he can be the man to take them back up, then perhaps you can understand it. But uh, yeah, a bit of a strange move on paper. Mm, so we'll look at the strengths and weaknesses of Sheffield Wednesday in particular. So Sheffield Wednesday, not not overly prolific. Uh, 13, so before today, so they've, they've lost at home to Norwich today. So 13 goals in 16 home games. So it averages just under... One goal a game. Uh, their expected goals as well at is 0.91, so it indicates they're performing as expected. So it doesn't appear to be down to bad luck or, or you know, profligate striker or anything. Uh, the expected goals against is 1.35, which also tallies. So Sheffield Wednesday are where they are because of performances and, and nothing much else really. There's there's no sort of hard luck story there. They've got a curious spread of goals as well, with six in open play, four set pieces, two on goals, and a penalty. So at least they have a variety whereby they go and they don't just pretty much score from uh, set pieces like we, we covered Cardiff the other week and you know they have a large proportion from that and, and other bits. Um, so Darren Moore himself seems to favour a 3-4-1-2 as well. Uh, they seem to get the ball down a little bit more, obviously, well, probably a lot more from, from Tony Pulis. Uh, how do you think they're going to come at Huddersfield and uh, who would you there have as their sort of key player for this game? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard, hard to look, to look past, past Barry Bannon, Bannon isn't it? He's, been, he's been their, their creative, creative force, force for years now. He's recently signed, signed a new contract. contract. Uh, uh, you know, you, know, you, you mentioned, mentioned not made, made, they've not, not created any goals this season, but he's top, top of their assist shots. He's made four of the ones they have scored. He's chipped in a couple as well. So it's hard to look past him. They've got good options. It's weird that they've not scored more goals because you look at it on paper and you think they've got a few good options at number 10 there. Um, you, know, you know, Josh, Josh Windass is, is a decent, decent player. player. Um, um, you, know, you know, Bannon, Bannon can play there. there. Adam, Adam Reach, Reach uh, has been, been a good, good performer for them over the years. years. Obviously, he, plays, he, can he can play sort of anywhere. anywhere. Um, more often on, on the wing, wing but he, but he has, has played, played sort of behind, behind the striker a couple of times this season. You know, they've they've got some lad called Elias Kachunga who doesn't seem to be doing much for them. No, I mean. Yeah, they've just been underperforming, like all around. I think there's, you know, you can look at it's. It's one thing talking about what they've got on paper, but the the brutal truth is they're in a similar sort of position, but worse to where Town were last year, where they have. You look at the squad and you think this, you know, there should be something there, but then you look at the results and you realise there's there's something wrong. You know, yeah, something now, rotten uh, in amongst, isn't there? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's, under the bed, if you like. So, I, I think it's just a, a lot of you know, death by a thousand cuts thing. No one is, no one is at a hundred percent. No one is completely firing. And they had a, a bit of a positive run um, over Christmas. You know, they they won four out of five um, over Christmas, and then 
lost a couple in the new year and then won three out of four again and that they they seem to be going all right and and then it's it's dropped off again discipline has been a massive problem for them they've had seven red cards this season um which is you know i think the next closest when i looked the other day was coventry had had four um so where it always indicates there's there's problems within the squad personality problems doesn't it within within the squad there you think so or or just just daft decisions being made even possibly you know just players who were maybe a little bit mentally switched off not not concentrating properly and, and some have got line mistakes. some have got moves lined up so we're talking about like liam shaw was potential off to celtic for one uh jordan rhodes linked with our good selves so you know there's there's things all all lined up there isn't there steven so uh, player focus wise the one i've gone for is actually josh windass josh windass uh released from Huddersfield when he was 18 and he doesn't seem overly happy with with this still so whenever he comes up against Huddersfield he's he's very much at 100% flying in and um, he will look to if he plays obviously he'll, he will look to press Nabisar I think into mistakes or you know he tends to play on that right side so I, I would keep an eye on Josh Windass I, I would prefer Josh to play as a number 10 I think he'd be quite handy as a number 10 but he, uh, he did leave Rangers citing that he didn't want to play midfield and wanted to be an out and out striker so I think he's maybe doing himself a disservice with that because he'd be a, a rather handy number ten. But better theory, Walcott the heart Watson wants throw. what the heart wants, doesn't it? I guess, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, David Hartrick's former next door neighbour, Josh Windus. <laughs> there you go. So, um, in terms of town, then, so the strength and weakness of Huddersfield, uh, looking at Sheffield Wednesday, town have started to steady that rocky ship, if you like, to to coin a you know a cliche, uh, and we are looking better defensively. Uh, you know, Carlos has uh, decided that pragmatism is the way to go for now uh the back three against qpr obviously this isn't a qpr review but the back three against qpr very solid largely untroubled apart from the one chance for todd kane against cardiff they're excellent nabisar uh <laughs> you know in, in terms of get just getting rid of the ball and making sure the ball goes into the middle third quickly nabisar has looked almost not quite a different player but a more consistent player whilst doing this as well and and he you could argue has been the best player in the last three game unbeaten run, if you like. Yeah, I, I, I might go along with that. I think him and Lewis O'Brien have been really up there, particularly sort of the last two games. I think, I think Birmingham was sort of encouraging just because it indicated a change of approach, but it wasn't a particularly good performance. Um, it was, it was fine. You know, they they deserved the the point they got, but. And it was definitely better than what we'd seen against Derby and Preston. But it was more just, ah, oh, thank God we've seen a change of style. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the Cardiff and QPR performances I thought were really good um, on the whole. I think maybe the Cardiff performance was actually better than the QPR performance, to be honest. Um, but not much in it. Uh, probably the four points over the two games it would, would be about fair. Um, although you'd look at the two games on their individual merits and say it should have been six. So... There's there's good, as you say, it's not a review podcast, but there's good reason to take confidence into this game when you look at the fact that Sheffield Wednesday struggled to score goals. Uh, you know, you, you might have said, yeah, but Town's defensive record is, is you know, is rubbish, rubbish at the moment. Keeping them out now, now, aren't they? But they are, yeah, they are keeping them out now. Two clean sheets in a row for the first time since before Christmas. So um, I think Ryan Schofield in particular has has looked really assured the last couple of games. Uh, he's that he had sort of one flap against Cardiff. He actually had two, but one of them, when you look at it back, he had a attack his elbow right in his face. So I'm not holding that against him. Uh, QPR didn't put a foot wrong, I didn't think. Um, and as you say, sort of the back line. I think that's a really nice mix they've got there with Romani on the right. 
Um, Richard Keogh in the in the centre, who's actually done really well the last couple of games, and and Naby Sar, who's been fantastic in the back three the last last yeah, couple of games. To, you've got to credit Richard uh, Richard Keogh to be fair. Since uh, since this shift in uh, defensive mentality, he's uh, he's been very key. He's been organising. He's uh, he's been very switched on, and it, it's definitely suited the three of them and Romani Edmonds Green as well. It's it's taken some of the pressure off of him of having to play as well as defend, and he's he's also shown up. So like you say, there's a really good mix there, and. It's really now a case of how do we apply that to Sheffield Wednesday. For me, I've picked a Huddersfield Town key player. You've mentioned him already, and my key player is Lewis O'Brien. So I think the way this potential game could go is neither at the minute you would class as heavy possession sides. So it's not going to be a case of one team knocking on the knocking on the door for eighty minutes. Uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a bit fast, furious, frenetic at points. Uh, and really, for me, Lewis O'Brien is the type of player who will drive through from midfield and open doors. And I think that's where Town need to be because Sheffield Wednesday's midfield is is a four, and then a, a number ten. So there's no sort of number six there. So Lewis driving into those spaces, looking for angles, is going to be really key for me. Um, who would you pick out, Stephen, as someone who's who's quite key? Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, maybe could come back in and occupy that back line as well. And there's a few others potentially. Yeah, I mean Lewis would have been my one if you hadn't already taken him, which I think is, I think is pretty rude to be honest. But I took two as well, technically, there, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, selfish is what it is. Um, no, I mean as I say, Lewis last couple of games has has been excellent. Um, I think he struggled a bit sort of first half of this season when he when he, he was coming back from injury. So you know, not not knocking him too much for that. But I think last last sort of four or five games he's been good more often than not even against Preston where I thought everyone was poor he was actually still fairly good um so he's he's gonna be really key but- Cosy what, what's your favorite away day Matt it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham just old school stadium you're right near the pitch great atmosphere but there's nothing like playing at home same goes for McDonald's maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery you in order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Uh, uh, obviously, Jonathan Hogg as well. Uh, you know, he came back in at QPR and... We know what a massive player he is. That I think everyone knows the the stat now that that they haven't won without Jonathan Hogg this season, um, and you know just him at the him at the base of the the midfield is uh, having him there is is really important. But to be fair, Alex Leo was doing a really good job in his absence as well. They've actually got two dependable number sixes now. I think I think maybe they've not missed Hogg just sort of over the last month or so, perhaps as much as they would have done earlier in the season because Vallejo's much more up to speed now and has looked good. Um, and I'm, I'm picking three players here, basically. Um, name of the team. But, <laughs> but I mean, Pakuna is, is so frustrating sometimes, but he got that goal against QPR and we know that he's a, a confidence player. Um, 
and if there is going to be space in the midfield, then he he can perhaps be the danger man popping up as he showed against QPR. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think in a couple of weeks' time, I will probably start, well, maybe not a campaign, but I think I will be starting to throw it out there that Jonathan Hogg uh, probably deserves to win his first Huddersfield Town player of the season. And uh, and hopefully, hopefully, between, hopefully everything goes quite well from now to the end of the season. Uh, and if it does, I think uh, I think it's time that Hoggy got his first uh, true accolade at the club. He's a it's, very deserving player this season. It sounds like you're throwing that out there now, to be honest, Matt. I'm going to throw it out there now. This, <laughs> well, this one doesn't get as many listeners as the main pod, so I'll, yeah. so I'll, th- I'll throw it out there. And I, I know, and I know, Hartrick would, would strongly agree with that. To be honest, I would, if you were making me vote now, I would, I would go for it as well. I think he's. It's weird because he doesn't sort of. He doesn't win a huge number of man of the match awards um, when you look at sort of the what the players say are player ratings. But I think if you go in for someone who has just been consistently good all season and gets the team ticking, and and who, I mean, the stats show they they really struggle to play without him um, this season. And yeah, he's he's so he's been so important. I, th- I think he's been excellent. And Carlos Corbran loves him as well for good reason. So did David Wagner and every other manager, didn't they? Apart from maybe Jan. But he's 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 really a constant in a in a team of inconsistencies. So you know, um, great stuff for for Hoggy. Um, so in terms of uh, Town, so it's going to be a, a tough game. We, we, you know, we're looking at this uh, edge to edge. Where do, where do you think Town do have the edge though, Stephen? Just very quickly. Or where they could, what where they could use it to win the game? Yeah, I mean, I think as I sort of highlighted in the five conclusions, we've we've had a criticism this this year that. That the midfield has never really clicked, uh, and that's why I sort of wanted to name all three of them when you asked for a key player because I feel like they have done a lot more over the last couple of games, uh, and that's really positive. And I think I think that's that's where it's going to be won and lost. I mean, quite often you see games come down to a midfield battle, but I think if you can dominate that territory, because that's where it was done last time, because we saw. Wednesday just sort of kept backing off and backing off and it just let town go at them similar to again what QPR did um you know the the game just after that so i think if they do that and and the midfield can get the run at them then then that's where you're going to win the game fantastic so um if you're listening carlos you know steven's just given his uh, his critique there so i'm sure sure he doesn't but there we go thing uh, right then, Stephen. So uh, our feature return to the Mac. So you can feel free to sing the uh, the intro music there if you want. So, um, nope, no singing. So a player that you would bring back from the past to play in this game. So we're looking for a player who would make a difference in this Sheffield Wednesday to Huddersfield game. Someone who um, perhaps could tilt the game in our favour. Uh, David Hartrick uh, was due to be with us, but he's had to uh, unfortunately pop away and and do do something so uh all the best dave but he did send us the uh return to the mac um contender if you like uh, and he's gone for jacob butterfield so jacob butterfield um didn't leave in the greatest of terms but when he was here he was a a great player really under chris powell and i think in this system in the midfield that we've got a player that can play as a uh almost a box-to-box eight would you say an attacking box-to-box eight yeah, jacob yeah. butterfield could really uh if you t- if you transplant 2015 Jacob Butterfield into this team, I think that would be quite an excellent choice, really, into the system that we choose. Uh, who have you gone for, Stephen? Because uh, Dave's gone for a, a good one there that we've not had before, uh, and I think you were going to try and search out somebody that had not been named before as well, hadn't you? The Butterfield midfield agency. Bob 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 Bob. 
Um, no, I've gone for a player whose name I have to say very carefully, uh, which is Jack Hunt. Um, I know he's not a very popular figure with Huddersfield Town fans, um, to say the least, but, um, you know, we've, we've, there's no doubt. There was a no song, wasn't there, last year about Jack Hunt? That was uh, rang around. Yeah, the yeah. I imagine there was some creative rhyming going on there. Um, no, there was no rhyming. It was. Uh... <laughs> um, no, he's um, he was a fantastic player, though. You know, when he came through, it was so clear that he was he was yeah much too good for League One. I remember there was a spell where they basically just didn't play a winger in front of him. They just gave him the whole right wing and just said, "Just go and be two players." Um, and I think uh, I think Aaron Rowe has been been a bit of a discovery uh, recently, but it's almost by default that I've gone for a fullback because the the centre forwards I think have have looked better. I think you've got good options there with with you know Sonogo and and Campbell has been playing well and Benza did all, all right, not amazing, but all right against QPR. I think the system suits all of the options they've got as a front two and people will laugh at this but Danny Ward is back fit now. Um so, you know, not there. Uh central midfield I talked about I think they've finally got the right mix. I don't particularly want to bring a midfielder in. Center back, goalkeeper, same deal. So, sort of by default I've landed on a a full back and uh, I tried to go for someone that's not been said, and as as you know, Matt, the the entire twenty sixteen seventeen site has pretty much been, been claimed. Much been yeah. claimed. Yeah, so you know, I couldn't have Tom, Tommy Smith or Chris Lerva, so I'm going to say stick Pippa back out on the left where he got that assist against uh, against QPR, and Jack Hunt can go in on the right. Oh, careful! Uh, right, so the the player that I've decided to pick uh, is also a fullback, uh, but he's going to be a left back. Uh, it's probably more left back than flying left wing back, if you like. But uh, I think in a three-five-two system, I'm going to go back to 1991-1992 uh, to a player who played, who comes from Huddersfield, played left back for us that season, uh, got up and down the flank brilliantly. Uh, he then had a transfer for I think three hundred thousand pounds to Southampton and played quite a lot in the Premier League for quite a while. And uh, the player I've picked out is Simon Charlton, um, who uh, was really the first sort of uh, proper left back I saw at Huddersfield and, and he was genuinely excellent. Um, so I'm going to go for Simon Charlton to just to cover while Harry Toffolo is injured uh, and you're going to switch Pippa across to the left and, and bring in Jack uh, Space Space Hunt. And then Dave's gone for Jacob Butterfield as a uh, an attacking uh, central midfielder. All three good options. Uh, we'll put that to the vote on Twitter. And I can guarantee you, Stephen, Jack Hunt's not going to win that vote. But No, absolutely not. I'd love to go on a Space Hunt. A space hunt, yeah. Get get some uh, get some space suits and some harpoons. Go whaling on the moon. Why not? Cheese and whales sounds great. Uh, right, so it's time for our second feature now, which is uh, you are the coach. It's time for us to don David Wagner's blue baseball cap, Carlos's skinny chinos, Mark Robbins's glowering expression as we try to predict what will happen as we are the coach. Uh, right, so this is where you would uh, pick your starting eleven. Stephen, and go for a prediction and a scoreline of uh, of the game itself. Uh, Mr. Hartrick obviously did send in his uh, information, and he said he would go for the same 11 that played against Cardiff, which would mean not picking Jonathan Hogg. Um, he didn't give me a score prediction, though, but I'm sure we'll get one from him at some point. I, I think he'd go for a town win. He doesn't think much of Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> Fair enough. Stevens, Stevens, put that in for you. So, um, what's your starting eleven then, Stephen? What, what do you do? Do you stick or twist? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, Ryan Schofield in goal. Um, back three is the same. Um, I think, uh, I don't know, D'Amico Dehaney actually did really well when he came off the bench against QPR. I, I wonder if he's, and I know that he's not your favourite player, Matt, but I, I wonder if he's sort of made a claim to, to stay in at right back, Pippa across the left. So I'll, I'll go with that. Why not? Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think I, I would disagree with Dave. I think, I think keep Hoggy in. Bakuna and O'Brien, I think, have, have done enough to keep their place. And then it's it's basically then whether you stick with Isaac and Benzer or whether you go with Yaya Snogo up front. Um, and I think that comes down to how Town are going to play. You know, if you're going to go over the top, you obviously want Snogo. If you're going to try and press from the front and, and force errors out of Sheffield Wednesday, then perhaps uh, perhaps you do want to keep Benzer in there because that was the whole point of, of putting him in um, at the weekend. But I'll... I'll go with Sonogo. I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of take a punt that that part the other part the reason that he left Sonogo out was so that he could play in this game. So Sonogo alongside Campbell up top for me. Yeah, that was the that's that was my theory as well. So what's your score prediction? I think Town will win it. I, I mean, I think almost the the QPR result has almost downgraded this from a must win to a just a must not lose. Um, I don't think it's a disaster if, if they don't win, although obviously you've got difficult games coming up after the international break. So if you can get points on the board, then that would ease a lot of tension. I think they will get the win. I think uh, I think a 2-0 could be on the card, another 2-0. Okay, so the team, I've, I've gone for a couple of changes, just uh, mostly resting rather than anything... Uh, Anything malicious. So uh, Ryan Scofield, rest, 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 rest in ahead of a two and, and a half, half international yeah, break is a break, problem. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's all about whether they're in the red zone to play the ninety minutes, though, Stephen. You know. Yeah. No, it's true. If if players have played a lot of games, minutes recently, then yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so uh, I'm going to give Ryan Scofield a lot of credit. Um, I would have probably rotated him out a couple of weeks ago, but I thought he uh, he's come out of that little tricky spell with a great performance against QPR. So he keeps his uh, he keeps his shirt. Romani Edmonds Green. Uh, I quite like the balance he brings on the right of the back three. So he sticks, as does Nabi Sar, who's a, a star player at the minute. Um, but I've actually put Keo slash Stearman at the back. So whoever's the fittest to play between the two of them, just I don't really care they, which one gets they, it. No, they are they are much of a muchness when you look at their stats. To be honest, <laughs> to be honest, exactly. Yeah. So uh, either or the you know general in, and I've gone for. Pipper on the right. Aaron Rowe keeps his place for me on the left. Uh, I've got Jonathan Hogg in the side alongside Lewis O'Brien. But I've actually picked Dwayne instead of uh, Bakuna. I know Bakuna got the goal. It's just when you go away to somewhere like Sheffield, I just think you need shape and discipline. And I think Dwayne offers that a little bit more than what Bakuna does. And then up front, I've gone for Yaya Sanogo and Fraser Campbell. And I'm going to go for nil-nil. I think what I think what you said is very true in that the game's been downgraded from a must win to a must not lose. I agree with that fully. And I think if the game gets to sort of 65, 70 minutes, I think town might just go, do you know what? Nil, nil draw. It's not that bad. And then just see it out. Um, and I don't, I don't think we'd, we'd be unhappy with that. I think a lot of fans would. <laughs> I think you and I probably look at, yeah, I think, I think, I think a lot of fans will see this as a must win just because of the, as I say, the fixtures they've got coming up because they've got Brentford and Norwich. Um, you know as the next two after this i think i think people will 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 see it as a a wasted opportunity if they don't get a win here particularly given the form wednesday are in but it's all about how the game unfolds i mean people complained about the nil nil at hillsborough last season 
And, um, you know, that, that point didn't do a huge amount for them last year. Uh, and people were complaining about that game. I thought it was actually a really entertaining match. You know, there was a, there was a surprising amount of goalmouth action for a, for a nil-nil. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they, they've, they've ground out a result against QPR and they, they, you know, did, did likewise. I thought it was such a good performance against Cardiff off the ball. Uh, and they just needed to take their chances at the other end. A bit, a bit more excitement, a bit more verve against uh, Sheffield Wednesday would be quite nice, to be honest. It would be yes, and a win would be great. But again, if it does end up a draw, I'm not going to spill milk over it. But, but there we go. So that that's it for this week. So um, thank you for coming on, Stephen. Good to see you again on the podcast and your uh, your milk and, and cream combo going on there as well. So, so you can spill milk all over. Yeah, we've seen that on social media before, haven't we? Uh, so, yeah, so uh, thanks for coming on, Stephen. Thanks for listening. Uh, and we will be back as well this Thursday with a, a live episode, and it's our 100th. Uh, so we've got a couple of things planned for uh, for Thursday. Uh, so, yeah, speak to you then, and uh, thank you, and farewell. Oh, what a night Late in May in 2017 Shinder scored, it was a heffing dream What a feeling, what a night Oh, what a night Wagner singing, we are Premier League The greatest sight in George's Square did see What an evening, what a night Got a funny feeling when he walks and a fence and then the commentator yelled he takes a chance Oh what a night Lost so safe and mesmerizing me Low low charge and flattened all Chelsea Stanford Bridge, oh what a night Oh I, I got a funny feeling when he wore an offense And then the commentator yelled he takes a chance Oh what a night The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call 
on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via muck delivery afterwards. Three points, nut nugget, share box, spot on. Order muck delivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.